Welcome to the Tales from the Stalls podcast. This podcast will feature interviews with equine professionals, trainers, horse enthusiasts, and the business people who have evolved the equine industry into what it is today. We will discuss all the equine disciplines and talk about lifetime stories from the industry and what has helped people intertwine their love for horses into lifelong businesses, passion, or recreational escapes. Tales from the Stalls is about the people, the amazing horses, and even our beloved dogs who spend so much time with the horses and how they have transformed our barns, stables, and stalls into our sanctuaries and homes. This podcast is brought to you by Equine Health Solutions. EHS provides your horses with natural remedies to help your horse perform and keep an active and healthy lifestyle. Equine Health Solutions has products for your horses made from various natural botanicals which actually help with inflammation and overall equine health. You can find these amazing products at equinehealthsolutions.com or call 1-800-HORSE-12. You can find Equine Health Solution products and Equine Hip Solution products at Teskey's at 3001 West 120 Weatherford, Texas. 817-599-3400 is their phone number, or you can go to their website at Teskey's, T-E-S-K-E-Y-S.com. If you're in Heiko, Texas, you can go to Keith Ace Hardware, 214 Walnut Street, Heiko, Texas, Phone number is 294-795-1746. If you want to check them on the internet, just check and search Keith Ace Hardware, Heiko, Texas. Please visit your local retailers and help promote the local retailers and Equine Health Solutions with their natural hip products. All right. Hi, everybody. My name is Logan Brown, and we're back on the Tales from the Stalls podcast. I am here with none other than Jessica Rotier, and she is... Very, very special to have on this show. Needless to say, Jessica has qualified for the NFR six times. She is a mom. She is a wife. She's got some incredible horses. And she is part of our EHS team. And we are so blessed to have her. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, thank you for having me. Awesome. So getting started and getting... I guess people used to knowing you and knowing a little bit more about you just for some preface and she is on her sixth NFR qualification. So we just kind of want to introduce y'all to how she got started in this industry and what led her to become the barrel racer that she is. Tell us a little bit how you got started into this industry, how you got started barrel racing and where that all began for you. Rode horses my whole life. I grew up with a mom that was a horse trainer, a dad that was a farmer in Wisconsin actually. So I grew up riding horses, training horses, brow racing, rodeoing, all that kind of stuff in Wisconsin. I rodeoed all through junior high and high school. That led me to South Dakota as I went to National American University on a rodeo scholarship. And that's where I met my husband, which um, brought me to Buffalo, South Dakota, where I live now. And we ranch here. We have five kids. Uh, We all rodeo as a family. And I just, um, barrel racing is kind of something that I always did. I actually started out riding cutting horses when I was very young. I roped in and barrel raced and ran poles and go tied and did all of that. But then, especially when, you know, when, when I got to college, then that kind of reduces you to barrel racing, goat tying and breakaway roping. And then when I finished college, breakaway roping wasn't nearly as big as it is now in the, at the professional level. So barrel racing was just kind of what you did. I, I love doing it, so it worked out great. But I I finished college. Um, I actually started pro rodeoing while I was in college, started my family shortly after college. So did all the, the normal 
things, I guess, that cool life takes you on. But during that time, I've always barrel raced. And then from a young age, I my mom trained barrel horses. And so I kind of started learning at a young age how to do that myself and, and just continued to do so. People asked me when I decided I wanted to be a barrel racer for a living. And it was never I, really something I decided. It was just something I always did. And it worked out. It was just a way to make a living while we while we ranch. I could train barrel horses, whether it was for myself or other people. I've done both. And then just kind of saw where it took us. Making the NFR was actually never really a goal of mine. I just always really loved training horses. And when the right one came along, we took advantage. And here we are. You said the right one came along. Can you kind of uh, lead us to who that first right one is, if people don't already know? <laughs> yes. I shouldn't say, you know, she she definitely wasn't the first great horse I ever had. I actually had one before Missy named Smoothie. I got her when I was 16. She was three years old, and she was amazing. She uh, helped me win the college national finals. She did win the college national finals. I shouldn't say she helped me because she <laughs> did. did it. Just took me along for the ride. Um, but yeah, she, she took me a lot of places, took me to 11 circuit finals. And, you know, this was all kind of my high school years, my college years, and then my first few years of being a mom. And so I never really pursued the NFR on her just because there were other, so many other things going on. And, but she was my first great rodeo horse. And honestly, I really thought that when she was done rodeoing, I would be done rodeoing. I would just kind of go back to training young horses, staying closer to home. My kids were getting older and rodeoing on their own. And so I just kind of figured that was the path that life would take us on. And then it was actually 2011. I met Gary Westergren and my mom had trained some horses for him. And my mom was at the point in her life where she was training, but not competing anymore. And so she had trained a horse for Gary and then I met Gary in Arizona in 2011, jumped on his horse that my mom had trained and ran it for him. And that was the start of this whole Missy adventure because Gary ended up sending a bunch of horses my way. And we just developed this really great partnership where I would get them going and just together we would kind of decide what path they would take. And he liked to fraternity horses. And then after that, it was, you know, if it was something I wanted to keep going on, I would keep going. But if not, he would either breed it or sell it or um, we'd find some other outlet for it. So he had a lot of great horses that he sent my way. Just nothing that, you know, my standards were set really high with Smoothie because I just knew that when I went to a rodeo, we were, we were going to pull a check almost always. And so for me, I had to financially it didn't make sense to rodeo unless you were rodeoing. Oh, and a lot of it. <laughs> So uh, it wasn't something that we could just do as, as a hobby. It had to be a way to make a living. And so I didn't want to keep rodeoing unless I found another horse that could fill those same shoes. And then Missy came along. It was actually the year after I retired Smoothie. And so it was just crazy timing. I retired Smoothie in 2015. I think 2016 was Missy's maturity year. Um, I had our youngest child in 2016 at the end of June. And so Missy's maturity year was pretty short, but she really excelled at the ones that we went to. And then 2017, I was going to, I was going to season her a little bit at the rodeos. We ended up winning the circuit that year. And then that started this whole NFR journey because 
because we won the circuit that year, we got to go to the Ram Finals in 2018. We ended up second place at the Ram Finals. That got us into Calgary in 2018. And then 2018 was the first year we made the NFR. So I remember that trip home from the Ram Finals and I had friends calling me saying, if you don't start entering and going to more rodeos, we're going to enter you and pick you up and drive you there ourselves. And so (laughs) I took it as a sign and we started entering and she has just been amazing ever since. That was 2018 and now we're headed to our sixth NFR this year in 2023. That's awesome. So Missy's registered name, Fiery Miss West. Uh, kind of tell us a little bit about how she's bred um, and if there was anything in there that you were specifically looking for, or was it just Missy's awe? I guess it's probably the best way to say it. It was just Missy. It's funny because when you have one great horse, you always try looking for those same bloodlines to be your next great horse. And Smoothie was actually all cow bred, which is in fairly unusual to have a horse of her caliber. I mean, it is, but it's not. You see you see a lot of all horses that are cow bred, but you see probably more that aren't. And so, um, but anyways, I had, I had tried that route, found some horses I really liked, but nothing that was the same level as Smoothie. And then Gary came along and Gary owned the stud Firewater Frenchman. And so Missy is by him. Firewater Frenchman was a son of Firewater Flit. And then out of full sister to Bozo, Christy Peterson's Bozo. So it really wasn't an accident that Missy turned out as good as she did because she does have some pretty great bloodlines <laughs> to back her up. But um, just a little bit, nothing crazy. Just a, just you know some world titles, nothing. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. And it's funny because you know during these last since Missy and I've been to the NFR, we've been running against Sister and J Lo. There was like this handful of palomino mares out there that were all running and competing and doing well at the same time and they're all kind of cousins in a way so it's pretty neat because it's been it's basically been missy j-lo sister isn't jimmy smith's lena kind of in there as well yes she, she, and they're kind of he's bred similar also similar in there too there you're yeah. there was a whole string there for a while where it was just palomino yep. palomino palomino yeah <laughs> And it's been really interesting. So uh, you've had Smoothie, you've had Missy. Have there been any geldings in the mix or do you lean a little bit more mare heavy? I lean a bit more mare heavy, but I'm not opposed to riding geldings either. Um, Smoothie actually, this is the whole story in itself, but when we bought her, she was three. She was bred and nobody knew it. So she had a baby. (laughs) Like we didn't know until she fold, basically. It was a little bit um, not so great on our part. Everything was fine. (laughs) just rode her a lot more than you probably should have trying should to have when Sally worked off of her so she had a boy her first baby was a boy and he was I ran him he actually had what was supposed to be a career-ending injury when he was seven he ripped his suspensory ligament completely into two pieces but even after that he came back and I won some pro rodeo checks on him and then I just didn't feel like I could haul him with his injury you know I didn't think he could take the wear and tear so we ended up loaning him to some really good friends who fell in love with him, ended up owning him, and they high school and college rodeoed on him. And he was a really great gelding that I owned for a while. And then one of my favorites coming up, actually, is a five-year-old gelding out of Missy and by our stud that is out of Smoothie. So he is my cross between Missy and Smoothie. And he's a boy, and he's tall, and he's long-strided. Kind of everything that's not really 
what I normally ride, but I really do love it. <laughs> Looking forward to running him more in the future. Will he be on the trailer going with you to Vegas? Not yet. So to Vegas, I'm taking Missy. I'm taking a daughter of Smoothie who is eight and she's been on my trailer the last few years. And then I'm taking Missy's full sister who is five. And so I'll take those three to Vegas, but I do plan Missy's son. I call him Mr. He's going to be going south with me when I go this winter. So I'll get to riding him, running him a little bit more then. That'll be awesome. Are you kind of noticing style wise and arena wise so far, what you've done with him, what he's going to be, you know, where you think he's going to really excel at? Yeah, so he's he's really tall and long strided. Um, so obviously, I think you know the bigger arenas, he should be pretty fast. He's so smooth. I mean, he's the smoothest riding horse I've ever ridden, and so I really like that about him. He's really efficient in his movements. He actually had a little setback too when he was three, a long three year old. We had this terrible virus called leptospirosis. Our horses got it, and they get it from deer and other wildlife. And it affects their eyesight. So he actually can't see very well out of his left eye. And so that kind of like he was really good as a three-year-old coming along great. And then he got that virus and it just kind of took all his confidence away, you know, just moving forward. Like he had no confidence to move forward freely because he couldn't see where he was going very well. (laughs) But he's really adjusted to it well and he's gotten his confidence back. And so that's why he like his first maturity I mean, I I took him to two fraternities, I guess. One in November last year and one in September this year. Between our rodeo schedule, that's about all we can get to. But just uh, probably had 10 runs in his lifetime. And he's really adapted to it well. And he's got his confidence back. It just took him a little longer to deal with that not being able to see as well. But now he's used to it. And you honestly can't even really tell anymore. I just have to be... I Like, I'm a big believer in confidence. Like you give your horse's confidence by your own, you know, actions and everything. And, and I feel like that's even extra important with him because, because of his vision problem, he can't, he has less confidence than most horses. So so that was a little setback for him, but I think we're, we're over it and we're past it. And now it's hopefully going to be full steam ahead with him. It'll be really, really cool to watch and kind of get to see how he does, especially different style wise. I watch the other day, it was on BarrelRacing.com. Um, it was Missy's warm-up from the NFR last year. Tell us kind of a little bit about what your prep is leaning into leaning into Vegas. Um, I, it's a couple of days away now. We're kind of almost down to the week mark. Um, so kind of just touch on what you do to get prepared. So this year, I, I did things a little differently. I feel like, you know, Missy was seven the first year we went to Vegas. This year, she's 12. So it's not like she's old, but I do feel like there's a, a big difference physically in a seven-year-old horse compared to a 12-year-old horse. Mainly, I feel like when they're younger, you can give them time off and get back on them and they're still just, just feel great. And then I feel like, you know, they say when they get older and they start getting arthritis, the worst thing you can do is give them time off because then the arthritis that thin and they're a little creaky when you get back on them. So um, I've actually kept riding her all through the fall. I've only ran her a couple times. We had um, circuit finals in October. We had Brookings Pro Rodeo up here the beginning of November. And then I made one run on her this past weekend in Rapid. And so 
just a handful of runs. If she sits a long time, usually she gets really, really short for the first couple runs back. So I didn't want that to happen again. But other than that, I've just been riding her at home. Our weather has been amazing this year compared to normal. We don't have any snow on the ground and it's been fairly warm. So I haven't had to fight ice and snow and cold temps to keep her in shape. So I've just been able to do that at home. Whereas other years I've had to send her off to swim, which I think is great for them. And I would way more willing to do it if she wasn't so weird about like she really likes to be home and she's a little bit weird about staying places that she's not used to and being kept in a stall and things like that. So the more I can do with her at home, the more I just do at home just to keep her happy. And that's kind of always been the main thing with happy with Missy is just um, keep her happy and right. feeling clean. And yeah, she's good to go. That uh, video from last year, that's all we did when we got to the Thomas and Mac was I took her in and walked her through once. When she was younger, I used to make one pass through just to remind her of where that first barrel is because it comes up so fast. This year, I don't plan on on taking her in at all probably because she does. I mean, you, you can see in the video from last year, even just trying to walk through, she gets pretty worked up and it's kind of stressful. She's a little thrilled about walking through. That doesn't really, it doesn't really look like Missy's jam. Missy's like, hey, mom, I'm ready to roll. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So our run last weekend in Rapid was, was probably our practice run, our last run that we'll make up until Thursday when the rodeo starts. And I do plan on taking my other two horses in there and making some runs just for my own sake to get my timing and remind myself of where the first barrel is there. Uh, Missy will just be soaking up the sun and in, enjoying the warm weather up until the rodeo starts. That's awesome. Does Missy have kind of any quirks that you try to stay cognitive of? Nothing major. She is, uh, she, I wouldn't say she's a super anxious horse, but she does get a little bit anxious in certain situations. When she was younger, she hated stalls, so I avoided stalls at all, all costs. Um, <laughs> He learned now that sometimes they're not all that bad if you've been driving for two days and you can find a nice soft stall to just lay down and relax in, but she has to be able to see her friends. It was interesting because the first year I paternity, the year I paternity her and the first year I rodeoed on her, I hauled her by herself everywhere just because I didn't have anyone else that needed hauled at the time. And she was great at going alone, but now she's used to having a friend, so she likes to be able to see her friends. She doesn't warm up real great if you're really close to the arena that you're running in. And so a lot of times if I can park somewhere at a rodeo where it, there's a decent place to warm up right next to where I'm parked, that's the best place to warm her up. Other than that, she doesn't like slant load trailers either. She she was raised a ranch horse, and so she's got a lot of ranch horse roots. She doesn't like the stalls, has never liked slant load trailers. So I have always had a trailer with a stock combo back. And it's at center gate. And so usually I try to, I haul two or three horses. If I haul two, they each get their own stall. If I haul three, Missy gets her own stall and the other two have to share. (laughs) But (laughs) that I think has really kept her happy over the years and comfortable hauling. And I think for any horse, if you're able to do that, it's great because you can just turn them loose in the stall and they can stand however's comfortable. They can move around a little bit. I really think it's a great way to haul a horse versus sticking them in a slant load where they're kind of stuck where they're at for however long it takes you to get to where you're going. So, Which is usually, it's not usually a short drive. It's not like you're going, you know, 30 minutes down the road or an hour down the road. No. You're driving for hours and hours and hours on end. I would definitely say I'm sure that's been part of your success in keeping Missy as healthy as she's been yeah. for this many years. 
calling as long and as far as y'all have. Yes. What are some of y'all's favorite places to go throughout the season? There's so many. So we loved when we used to get to go to Kissimmee for the Ram finals. That was one of our favorite places. It was just so nice to go somewhere warm in April and the kids got to go to Disney World and there were really no other rodeos going on at the time. And so you just got to stay there and kind of relax. And and it was just um, a really fun rodeo to go to. We also have always loved Calgary. Kind of the same deal. You get to Calgary and you're just there and you know, you don't have a lot of other obligations to go do things during the day. And so just those rodeos that you can kind of stay at and relax for a few days and and not have to rush from one to the other. Houston's another one. We love Houston. Um, the other thing I love about Houston is it's a, it's an indoor rodeo in the winter, but the barrels are nowhere near the fence, which is kind of a plus <laughs> for Missy and I. I love our Badland Circuit rodeos, though. I, I really enjoy being close to home and just uh, love love where we live and getting to go to rodeos close to home, too. Our circuit finals are great every year. I don't know. There's just, I could I could name tons that of my favorite rodeos, but I think that's something we're really fortunate and we maybe take for granted sometimes that there's so many good rodeos out there that have such great hospitality and just take such good care of the contestants, and that really makes rodeoing for a living a lot more enjoyable makes it a big difference on how how your heart feels about it and how how much positivity is in the air i guess around what you're doing (laughs) um so kind of leading into how you got connected with us um so kind of fun little backstory so jessica and i met over facebook not totally untraditional for how we've met some some of the people that we're connected with now which is kind of interesting um you know we can bash social media all we want but it does kind of keep us connected in ways where it's not usually something that you would find out if you were just kind of at a rodeo and you were chatting. It's not something that you would just see every day or hear every day. Kind of go, I guess, a little bit into what intrigued you to kind of chat with us and kind of build the relationship that we know have. So I'd been seeing a lot about your shavings in particular on Facebook. (laughs) And that was, I wish that I had reached out to you a little sooner because we had here at home and most of the places that I went this year, I feel like the flies were so bad everywhere this year. And so I saw a couple people post on Facebook about your shavings and how they could help with the fly problem when you're hauling. I'm kind of a shavings junkie anyways. Like I will fill my trailer as full as I can. And, you know, like the horses love them. They, love you know, I'll, I'll dump a bag on the ground when I stop somewhere, if I can do so without making anybody mad, just so my horses can lay down. And, and so, you know, it's all the little things that you do to keep your horse happy. I think that really help you going down the road and, and shavings are one of them. And so that was why I reached out was, I really wanted to try the shavings. I had no idea you had all these other products either. And so got the shavings, love them so far, to be honest, our flies were kind of gone by the time we got them. So I haven't gotten to try that out yet, but maybe in Vegas, they tend to be a little pesky once in a while when we're out there. So that's how, that's why I reached out. And I'm so glad I did super happy with the, I've tried the human few of the different tinctures so far, the, the extra strength, the self-sustain. They're vital. They're vital to have, especially uh, heading into Vegas. <laughs> for sure. And that's kind of one of the goals you have going into Vegas every year is to not get the Vegas crud that goes, <laughs> goes around. 
which thankfully we've been pretty lucky knock on wood over the years. I usually try to get sick before I go to Vegas so then I don't get sick while I'm there, but we'll it's see. nice to get sick. There we go. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I'm just super thankful that I got in touch with you guys and super, super excited to use all these products. That's awesome. Well, we're we're grateful about it, of course, but it kind of it it obviously helps the brand and that's why, you know, that's why we want to have the people that we have on our team just because y'all represent us so well. We're actually rolling with an all girls team to into the NFR. So there's kind of a certain level of aesthetic to that, I guess, that yeah. makes it really interesting because I think the the women's side of this has really pushed off this year. I think the breakaway is getting a lot more attention, barrels are getting a lot more attention. And I think that when the girls kind of lead the charge and things, I think that's part of why we've been so successful this year is just having y'all rally for us and the way that y'all speak so profoundly on our product. We just, we couldn't be more grateful. Um, it makes makes my job really cool and it makes, makes the company strive in the direction that we want it to go to. So we're happy about that, of course. Kind of any, any last things that you want, that you want people to know? I think one thing people should know about you on top of just being the trainer that you are and the barrel racer that you are, you're a mom too. And that's a feat in and of itself and a mom to five. And so um, kind of touch on how you how you juggle all of this and just make it look so effortless. Well, I'm glad it looks effortless because it's really not. <laughs> I get asked that a lot, you know, how do you how do you balance everything? And I honestly, it's a struggle. I don't it's a, it's a battle that I feel like I'm always losing. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because you want to do everything that you do to the the best of your possible ability. And sometimes you just can't, you know, you can't, can't be there for your kids 100% of the time and be doing what you need to do for your horse 100% of the time. And it takes a lot of sacrifice and a lot of people's parts and a lot of understanding and a lot of help. And so, I mean, it really is a team effort. I, and that's, I'm just so grateful for everyone on my team, whether it's my family, you know, the the community that we live in, the friends at the rodeos, my sponsors, because honestly, like almost all the products that I use, my family uses, you know, th- they all work to help keep all of us going. And so I'm really grateful to have all those pieces of the team. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have an answer for how you balance everything. I just, I think <laughs> that if you if it's something you're worried about, then you're probably doing a good job because you're always going to feel like something's not getting the attention that it deserves. But at the same time, I mean, my kids have learned to be pretty self-sufficient and pretty independent and, you know, there's there's benefits to it too. And so you want to give your kids a perfect life, but I don't think there's any definition of what that perfect life is either. So yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know. I, I'm so grateful for for this life I get to live because I feel like I get the best of both worlds. I get to be a mom, which I mean, there's people that that's all they want in life and they don't get to. And I get to barrel race for a living, which is what I love doing. And I get to do all of it together. My kids want to be a part of all of it. And so it's just a, it's just a really great situation that we're in. Awesome. Good for y'all. Um, it's a really, really blessed situation to get to be in. And I know that there, there are tons out there that live that exact same lifestyle and 
not be more grateful that your kids get to grow up in this industry and kind of get to see it from an interesting perspective. Um, I think rodeo kids are some of the toughest kids that are out there. They get to travel and they get to see things from a completely different point of view um, that is just kind of untouchable to the regular, you know, growing up, you know, we carpool, we go to school, we do that, you know, right. my parents, they, and it's completely different, but it's, it's really, really interesting to get to see. Um, and every set is kind of different in their own mm-hmm. manner. And that's always been fun to watch. Again, thanks to you guys for bringing me on and, and then super excited to be a part of your team. We are so, so grateful to have you. For everybody listening, so Jessica will be at our autograph signings. Her Our first one is going to be on December 11th at Cowboy Christmas, 1130 to 1230, and um, December 14th at South Point Hotel at, from 10 to 11, um, and that'll be on aisle 400 in South Point. So we are grateful to have you. We are so excited to get to watch you and your whole team perform in Vegas and represent us and watch you guys succeed. And we are rooting for you absolutely every step of the way. Thank you so much. Thank you.